Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Can somebody say, wow? Y'all hear that? Five hours on Saturday, drive back five hours on Sunday, and that's teamwork. Amen? Tell someone next to you, teamwork Teamwork. makes the dream work. How many believe that? Amen. I've got a message on my heart this morning that I want to talk to you about that the Lord's put on my heart this week. And I'm so amazed of technology anyways that I can text him on WhatsApp last night at 1130 and say, hey, can you do me a video and then show it and have him be part of this message this morning 12 hours later. It's pretty amazing, right? What a blessing. 10,000 miles. Carla said at the beginning, the sound didn't sound very good. I said, man, that's 10,000 miles that traveled, right? So it's going to have a little bit of issues there. But what a blessing to be able to be a part of something so much bigger than us. Okay? How many know we can do more together than we can do by ourselves? So I want to talk about this message. Teamwork makes the dream work. And I thought about that word dream. You know, many years ago when I got saved, it was a dream of mine to get people saved. I wanted to get people saved like I got saved. I wanted to tell people about Jesus. I wanted everybody in the world to know what I knew and the feeling that I had of being saved. And I remember dreaming of someday preaching the gospel in another country, uh, preaching to other people, just just going anywhere the Lord could take me to preach the gospel. And I, I can honestly say probably never even dreamed of what we're seeing now. That probably wasn't even in my dreams. My dreams weren't big enough because one thing was to go preach there. Another thing is to have someone there at a church that we've planted there in Tanzania. So what a miracle, amen? What a tremendous blessing. And I want to I encourage all of you this morning. I want to brag on all of you this morning because it is teamwork that makes the dream work, amen? And so I'm going to encourage all of you. This is, this is your message this morning. This message is prepared for you to receive and to be encouraged and to be thanked. Because I started thinking about um, the, the church existing as it is, okay? And I'm going to give you some stats in a minute that are pretty staggering. But I went to eat lunch with Jimmy, the owner of our building, this week. And we go up to Sanger sometimes. And um, we're eating at a restaurant up there. And we're just talking. And he's always talking about restaurants because I think he wants to make one. I don't know if he'll ever make one, but he talks about it all the time. He wants to have the perfect restaurant. And so he's always looking at things that he could do. And then he'll say things he doesn't like at the restaurants. And, and as we were talking, I started thinking... Um, about how amazing it is that, to get people to a restaurant. Like you have to market, you have to advertise, you have to tell people where you're at, you have to have a place to come. And then how many know it's one thing to get them through the doors once to eat, but how many know it's a real challenge to get them to come back Amen. to that restaurant again? And if I went around this room, all over this place, we all have favorite restaurants. We have favorite places we like to go. And and, and a lot of times some people are, are more... more um, um, uh, adventurous, and they like to try different places, but I, a lot of us, most of us, I'm this way, I like to try new places, but I like to go to places where I know that the food's going to be good, and there's places that I frequent, and so it's a, it's a blessing, and it's actually a miracle, I think it's a miracle, to get people to come back over and over to a restaurant, and then they'll call that, this is my place to go get a steak, or this is my place to go get breakfast, or this is my place to get a hamburger, out of all of the restaurants that there are even here in the Metroplex. How many are following me? So I started thinking about our church, and as we were driving back, I thought, man, the Holy Spirit just spoke this to my spirit. He said, it's a, it's a miracle 
that all those people come to the church that you pastor at every Sunday. That, that a lot of them come back on a Wednesday night. That a lot of them come Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. That a lot of them do a small... I mean, you just start thinking about all this. And then, and then it was just added on yesterday as we had a work day because we're having this rally this weekend. Um, for everybody that doesn't know, remember th- Thursday night and Friday night we'll be having a rally. It's a mini conference here. Please come and join us at 7 o'clock. And it kind of starts really officially Wednesday. And then Friday morning sessions from 9 to noon. Um, but we're, I started thinking about all this stuff that's going on and, and how amazing it is that all these people showed up yesterday. There was probably 30 to 40 people that showed up yesterday to work. To work. Just to come clean, organize, serve. And, and I know there were a lot of people that couldn't make it, but it was, a, it was an amazing day. I said, this was the best work day we've ever had. There was such a great spirit. People just got into it, just got stuff done. So I started thinking, of that, that was kind of the icing on the cake for what was already in my spirit. So I want us to look at this uh, verse in Galatians chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, and uh, verses 9 and 10. And this is going to be a message, like I said, that's going to encourage you uh, to keep doing what you're doing. And, and how many know we can always do more? As well. We can always do more. So <clears throat> this is a promise from God. He says, don't let us grow weary in well, while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So there's the promise there. Then he goes on to say in verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity. How many know there's always opportunity? A lot of people say, I don't know. What can I do for God? Come ask me. There's always opportunity. He says, as we have opportunity, let us do good at all. And watch this, especially to those who are in the household of faith, especially to those in our church family. So it's a miracle when you begin to think about a church setting and having all these people come. You realize this morning that there are people who drove 45 minutes to get here. There are people who drove 30 minutes to get here. There are people who drove 20 minutes. We have people from all over. We have people that come from Richardson, Bridgeport, uh, Louisville. I mean, all over the place to come to this place. And I think about that and I say, what a humbling thought to think that, that of all the churches that you could have gone to today, you chose to come to this one. You chose this place to come and worship. And that is a humbling thought. And so as I began to think about that, that man, none of this could be possible if there wasn't a team. Amen. There wasn't a team of people that come together. This morning, imagine all the stuff that has been done to be here, to be able to have this service. All, our praise team gets here at 8 o'clock in the morning, and they will leave here today at 2 o'clock. They will be here for six hours today, straight. And they don't, they don't get paid for it. They don't do anything. They don't do it for money. They do it because they love God. Amen. They come in here and serve so we can have an awesome praise and worship service. We have people who are back in the kitchen preparing food between services. We have people right now behind this wall in the zoo back here. I mean in the, in the kids area. Amen. Working really hard in our children's uh, nursery and Sunday school. People are serving so this, this can happen. Right now there's people back there tying your kids up with Velcro to the wall so that you can listen to this message. Amen. Just kidding. But you don't, we don't, you don't need to know everything we do back there, but they, they're good. Amen. But how many get what I'm saying? Teamwork makes the dream work. Us being here this morning and doing what we're doing allows Pastor Dylan and Ashley to be in Arusha, Tanzania, ministering to all those people and doing such a great work for God already. It allows Pastor Dwayne and Myra to be able to be in Carrollton, ministering over there this morning. All this happens because of you. I want you to give yourselves a hand this morning. Amen. I mean, a really good hand, better than you have given somebody else, because it's for you. 
I appreciate you guys. I thank you guys this morning because I know that my dream to serve the Lord could not happen without you. And your dream to serve the Lord can't happen without me. Teamwork makes the dream work. Amen? Now, I want to show you a saying up here on the board that this is going to be an encouragement. I think this is going to be something that's going to stick with us. I saw this this week, and, uh, you know, God begins to put my message together all during the week. And I, and I kind of like to think of myself as a chef. Amen? Like, you go to a good restaurant, you want that chef to be thinking about what he's going to cook for you. I'm thinking all week long about things. The Lord's dropping stuff in my spirit so I can put together a spiritual meal for you this morning. And this dropped in my spirit this week. It says, you can't go back and change the beginning. How many know you can't go back and change the beginning? You can't go fix something you've already done, good or bad. But you can start where you are and change the ending. I mean, no, that's the gospel good news right there, that you can change the ending, amen? You can can look back and say, man, I wish I would have done that, or I wish I'd have done that better, and you'll see some things in serving that maybe you think, man, I'm not, not," as I'm saying these things, as I'm mentioning the work day, as I'm saying what God has done here in this place, you might think, man, I don't feel like I have my fingerprint on this church. I don't feel like I've done anything yet. I don't feel like I've served. I'm not involved. Well, guess what? Yesterday's over, today's a new day, and you can get involved. Amen. Amen. You can be a part of this. I started thinking as well about how God ordains his work and how he puts the team together. I was uh, going yesterday to get donuts for our discipleship yesterday morning to give fuel to us, amen, to work. I know it's not the best fuel, but it tastes good. And the, one of the best donut places that I know of, probably my favorite, hands down, is over by our old building on Fortwood Drive. And uh, I, I joke about this because it says donuts. I always tell people, you don't have to, those donut people don't have to have a name. They just put, have you ever noticed that? They just put donuts. You just go, they know what you're going to get. You're going to get donuts. That's what we want to be here. We just want to be Jesus. Amen? We just want to be like that donut place. But we do have a name because there's a lot of people that are giving Jesus this morning. Amen? So they can find us. But these donuts are amazing. They're so good that when I was at the home church last week, Pastor Paul asked me, are y'all going to have those donuts at the rally this week? And I said, yes, we will have those donuts. They're so good. So if you haven't tried them, come to the rally. Amen? But I'm over there on Fort Worth Drive, and I see how amazing God is as I'm at the donut shop looking across the street at our old building. And first of all, to get to the donut shop, I thank God I have a truck. Because I felt like I was four-wheeling to get to the donut shop. If you have not been to the old street where our old church was, it is a war zone. I'm serious. I mean, there's cones everywhere, dirt everywhere. There's, there's, the road's rocky. And I, and I thought, God, you are so amazing. How many know that God knew that that was going to be like that today? And t- almost two years ago, they came and tore down our Jesus sign because God had this place for us right here. Amen. Where we can come this morning with a nice freeway out there and nice parking and no mud and no problems. And d- that's, that's just God. He's so good to us. He's, he's, he's going before us and preparing a way for us. I want to give you a few statistics because I think sometimes we can take for granted what we have. How many know sometimes we have something good and we don't really realize how good it is? I was looking at statistics as I began to think about this. And again, I was sharing this with the, the owner of our building um, to give him some perspective. So how many know just like there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of churches? 
Just like there's a lot of good churches, there's a lot of good restaurants. Good restaurants, a lot of good churches. A lot of good churches. There's a ton of good churches in this area. Amen? A lot of people are preaching the gospel and doing it right. But there's a bunch. There's a bunch of choices. And I think, man, all of you came to this one today. Tony and his family come from Richardson. How many hundreds of churches did they pass to come to this one this morning? I mean, they could have gone down the street five minutes away. There's so many people who passed lots of churches to get here this morning, and you chose this place because there's lots of options. There's lots of churches. And so I looked up in a survey. This is um, Hartford Institute. And here's a sad note, first of all, just so you realize how blessed we are to be having church today. There are between eight and 10,000 churches a year that close their doors, that shut down. Eight to 10,000 churches a year shut down. Because, it's, again, this is a relative to the restaurant. I hope you're getting the, the correlation. Restaurants open. How many know when those restaurants open, they have a dream? They have a dream to have a successful restaurant that lots of people will come eat at, and it'll last forever, and they'll make lots of money, and people will talk about their restaurants. When we start a church, we're starting a church because we want to have a place where people will want to come, thank you, will want to come and, and eat the Word of God and, and, and be fed and, and be a part of this and choose this place, amen? And so eight to 10,000 close every year. But listen to this, there's 314, approximately, thousand churches in the United States. Okay, evangelical, Okay. Three, so you got that number, 314,000. That's a lot of churches. And that's the ones they know of. And that can't be all of them because, for example, uh, the one we, when we started this church, we started in our living room, so we, no one knew who we were. No one knew where we were at. So there's other churches that are starting all the time. But 314,000 churches, roughly. Now watch this. The average size church in the United States is 75 people. Out of those 300 and 14,000 churches, 75 people, amen? Now, is because the percentage of people who have 100 people or less is 60% of the churches in the United States. So out of those 314,000 churches, there are 60% there are of those have 100 people or less. And there's nothing wrong with that, amen? That, 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 that's, it takes, it, I think what we don't understand sometimes is how hard it is to build a church. Just like it's hard to build a successful restaurant, just like it's hard to build a business, it's hard to do it right. But God has blessed us in this place, and watch this, this might blow you away, because there's a lot of big churches in the Metroplex. There's churches that have five and 10 and 15,000 people, which I'm not a fan of, by the way, and I would never want a church that big. I would never want that big. I would like to have 15 or 20,000 people spread out all over the Metroplex and in Africa and in different countries. But I would never want to have one church that big. And I don't really think a church that big is God's will. Amen. Because it's too hard to pastor that many people. It's too hard to do it right. So, but there's a lot of big churches. But listen to this. Out of all those 315,000 churches and 6 out of 10 being less than 100, our size church of what God has done and all glory be to him and thanks to you, we're in the 15 percentile in the whole United States in the size of our church. 15 percent. There, there's only, there's a, that's an amazing number. And I say that to brag on you because we have worked. How many know we have worked to get to this place where we have people coming to this house and being changed and saved and given their lives? But how many know it's not God's will for the church to stay small? 
It's God's will for the church to grow. Look to your left, look to your right, look behind you, look in front of you. There's some seats that are empty. Now, I know today is not a good day to say that because even this service is a little more full. It is amazing how that one hour, <laughs> see, I get, that one hour just jacks us up, doesn't it? Is it blow anybody else away? Some of y'all can't even keep your eyes open. I've been watching you, and I'm trying not to fall asleep myself as I'm looking at you. But you're here. Praise the Lord. Amen. You, you defeated that alarm clock and you got up. But it blows me away how that one hour just hits us hard, right? And, and then in fall, when we, when we gain the hour, how alert we are and how peppy we are. And that's why I like fall better than I like any other part of the year. Amen. How many are with me? So here's another amazing fact. We are a multicultural, multiracial church. Can you say Amen. Let me say that again. We are a multicultural, multiracial church. That is God's will. But let me tell you a statistic. That is not the norm in the United States of America. Out of all those churches that I mentioned, this is going to blow you away. A multiracial church is considered multiracial where 20% of the members are of different racial groups outside of the majority race. Okay, 20%. A church like that, like ours, that is multicultural and multiracial and has all kinds of nations and people in, in, involved, is only 7 to 8% of all the churches in the United States. This is, this is, a, this is a Harvard Institute, um, sorry, Har yeah, Harford, Hartford Institute uh, study. So there's only less than 10% churches like this. That means, that means today all over, the, all over the United States there are churches that are predominantly white or predominantly black or predominantly Hispanic or predominantly Asian and they just hang together. But this is God's will and this is beautiful, amen, that we come together like this with 13 nations represented in our church. You know, I'm bragging on you guys so you should be clapping better. Amen. I'm bragging on y'all. This is your church. This is our team. And teamwork makes the dream work. Amen? So, again, as I'm saying this stuff, you might think, man, I could do more. I'm not involved. Don't forget, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Let's look at Luke chapter 19 if you've got your Bibles. I want to show you a few stories. Luke chapter 19. These are some powerful thoughts. We're going to only read two verses here, but if you're taking notes, you would, you would read the whole story of Luke 19, 28 through 40. But I'm, I'm going to focus on a couple verses here. And um, we'll look at the verse in a second, but look at me for one second because I want to explain this so, so we get an understanding of what's happening here. Jesus is going to make his entrance. Okay, He's going to go in and make an entrance, and he's going to be proclaimed Messiah. They're going to say Hosanna to him. They're going to have palm tree leaves, and they're going to, they're going to celebrate him. And so he's, he knows this is going to happen. This is his entrance, but he does it in a humble way. And so he, he, he goes, and, and we see a picture of teamwork here. He goes and asks his disciples to go get the colt that he's going to ride in on. And I, and I said this in the first service. Think about this. This is kind of like if you need to rent a car, Jesus needed a vehicle. Amen for this, okay? So we see in verse 20, um, 30, sorry, verse 30, it says, he says, Go into the village opposite you, and as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Watch this. You shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. I love the authority and power of Jesus right there. Amen. He's like, I want you to go find this colt that's tied up, and I want you to just tell him I need it. 
right? Can you imagine if I asked someone to go get me a car at Enterprise on 380 this morning because I need to go on a trip, and they walked in and said, hey, the pastor for Victor Road Outreach says we need to pick up a car. And they're like, okay, you can pick, pick it up, but tell them to come in with his credit card. Right? It wouldn't work. But he told them, just tell these people Jesus has need of it. And the story goes on to say that they went and did what he said, and they said, oh, okay, and they just let him have it. Miracle, right? Miracle, amazing miracle. But th that doesn't happen without teamwork. How many times do we see a miracle, but we don't realize the miracle happened because there was some teamwork going on to get that person in the position to receive their miracle? Are you all here this morning? Elbow the person next to you and say, wake up. Amen. Are you all here? This is good. Amen. I mean, I'm thankful for what God is doing in our team. Because we're a team. We're a part of the body of Christ this morning. Amen? So I think about this. We look at that video and you think, how in the world did we ever have the money to be able to pay for Pastor Dylan and Ashley to go to Tanzania to have a vehicle, to be able to get in that building, to be able to have sound and all these things? How many know it took dinero? It took money. It took finances. And all of you and a bunch of people in our churches around the world, especially here in the United States, came together and we sent them as a fellowship of churches to go to Tanzania and start that church. It took money. God said to us, I need your money. I need your finances so that I can further the gospel. Amen? And I'm telling you, our people in our church are so faithful. You are so faithful in giving. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Amen? And why did Jesus, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, why did God and Jesus choose money? You ever think about that? Like some people say, all those churches, all they ever do is ask for money. By the way, you see how we work here. Someone gets up and teaches a scripture. We don't beg. We don't, we don't, we don't rant. We teach what tithing and offerings are, and we take up the offering. But the reason that God asks money from us is because the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And he says, I know that that's an issue for some people, so i got to make sure that I test them, and i got to make sure that, they, that they're faithful in that. So he says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for, for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Amen? When you do what's right, like you do here in this church, and you give, God blesses that. And you don't have to have the sorrows that the world has because we have a different economy. Can you say amen? As Joe was saying at the offering, perfect example. How many know when you put money into a checking account, you use that checking account to pay bills and to live? Okay? But when you have a savings account, you're setting that money aside for a further purpose. When we give our tithes and offerings in this church to the, to the work of the Lord, that's the functioning money that allows this to happen, that allows us to be part of the kingdom of God. But every time we give, we're not only giving here, money is going supernaturally into a savings account of what we're going to have in heaven. So it's an amazing thing. We put in the checking, God puts in the savings. Amen? And that was a great lead-in by Joe. And so finances are, are something he needs. And, and I want to commend you and thank you for being faithful in this place to give so that we could send them to Tanzania, so that we can send thousands of dollars every month around the world to missions, so that we can pay for this building that's so beautiful, that's so nice, with padded chairs. And thank God we don't have to pay for the lights because our owner blesses us with that. Amen? That's money we don't have to spend on. But how many know we're blessed this morning? But you're, we're blessed because of you. 
We're blessed because you're faithful givers and you, and, and you, and you give. One, one guy was telling me in the church this week that he's so thankful for that text to give. Actually, my daughters were telling me that as well. Because if you forget and you get here and you're like, oh, man, how many know we're busy? You forget. I didn't go by the ATM. I didn't bring my checkbook. He says, I love that text to give because it gives me an opportunity to do it right then. And he told me he loves it because he has a, a job where he does a lot of little small jobs. So he gets paid a lot, little amounts a lot. And he says every time he gets that phone or every time he gets any kind of money, he goes straight to his phone and texts the, the tithe off it right away. Right there at that moment. So he doesn't even have to wait till Sunday. He doesn't have to wait till his next page. He gives it right away. That makes me proud to be pastoring someone like that, that that is so conscious of that because he knows, hey, i got to do my part because teamwork makes the dream work. Amen? If I do what I'm supposed to do and they do what they're supposed to do and you do what you're supposed to do, we're going to see amazing things in this place and in this city. Amen? Y'all still here? Amen. All right. One more verse, Acts 20. Uh, verse 35 says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed than it is to, sorry, to give than to receive. How many have found that in your life? It's more of a blessing to give than to receive. Amen. I want to thank all of you for being faithful in your finances so that I can be your pastor full time. You know that that's a blessing. How many know if you go to a restaurant and you go to, to, to that, sh- that person that's cooking your food, you're going to be glad that they woke up in the morning and started preparing your food all day long for that dinner instead of showing up from another job to try to put that meal together. Amen. I'm blessed to be able to have 24-hour attention to you. And sometimes you guys use it and sometimes you don't. Amen. But I'm here for you. And I thank you for being able to support me so that I can do what God has called me to do. Teamwork makes the dream work. And as a pastor, I can encourage you in your business. I can encourage you at your job. I can, I can from this side, help you so we work as a team to get things done. Amen? Let's look at this one more time. Put that up if you would, Chris, the saying. You might be here and you might think, man, I didn't come to the workday yesterday. Man, I haven't really done anything in this church. I haven't, I haven't given. I don't, pray, I don't come to the prayer meetings. I don't do this. I don't do that. That's the devil trying to tell you that you're not doing anything for God. You're here and you're important this morning. Amen. Every single one of you are important. How many know on a team, every player is important? Amen. Not just the ones that get the limelight, not just the ones that are in the starting lineup, but everybody on that team is important. Did you know in teams, in games, team sports, the people who make the stars better are the ones on the bench who don't play in practice. They're the ones that are pushing them to be better. And they don't get seen a lot, but how many know they get the ring when they get a championship? Everybody gets a ring. Did you know on a championship team, whether it's football or basketball or baseball, did you know that people all the way down the line to the people who even do the, the custodial stuff and anybody who's involved in that stadium gets a ring, gets some kind, of, some kind of benefit? Now, it's not the same size ring, obviously. And we have people in our church that work at a place that make the ring, so I know that's a fact. So everybody gets their blessing, amen? Everybody gets the benefit of working together as a team. Let's look at one more verse in Luke chapter 22. And as you're getting there, yesterday when we were working, we were building a closet over here and off, off of the prayer room. And, and, and as we were working, there was a little level on top of the ladder, and that thing fell off and hit me in the head. And thankfully, it wasn't super heavy, but it did hurt. And it reminded me of a story when I was, in, when I was back in Costa Rica, and my, daughter, my wife and daughter were in the nursery, and I didn't know they were listening, and I didn't know they were laughing so hard that they were crying. I had no idea that they were laughing at me. That was mean. 
But I, I, I'm working at my house, okay, in Costa Rica, in my bedroom. And thank God I've, I've learned to do some carpentry over the years so I can do much stuff myself. So I'm taking this wall down. They're, they're off, I think, at gymnastics or something. And I'm by myself in the house. And, I'm, and, and, and when I'm working and I'm doing stuff, like, I, I don't stop as much as I should to, like, clean up and move stuff around. And, and Although I have learned. I have learned. Yesterday when we were working, there was a hammer on top, and I pulled it down because I've learned, as you're going to hear in just a second. And so we're working, and I'm pulling this, this, this nail out of the wall, right? You put the hammer on, and you pull down. Well, down about a foot down, there was a nail sticking out, but the sharp side, not the head side was sticking out from the other side of the wall. So when I pulled down real hard with my hand, I caught this finger right here, which is the same finger I just shot a finishing nail into on Thursday night. So it's swollen. This finger just, I don't know, it's got issues. So I cut the thing real bad, like real bad, and so I just, I'm like, I got to get this done. So I just grabbed a sock and wrapped it up, tied it, and just kept working. So I'm moving around the room, and as I'm moving around the room, and I'm walking over to, to get something else, I step on a piece of wood that I'd pulled off the wall that had a nail in it, right up into my foot, all the way through my shoe. And I'm like, ah, thank you, Jesus. Didn't cuss, amen. So I pulled the nail out, pushed that off to the side, didn't stop to pick any of the other nails up, just kept working. So my foot's bleeding and my finger's bleeding and it's filling up the sock. Then, as I'm working more and I'm doing stuff, I hit the ladder. Guess what's on top of the ladder? The hammer. Which I didn't pull down when I was up there because I was so busy going up and down. So it falls down, bam, right in the cheek. Yeah, that's funny. Funny now. It's very funny now. And so thank God it was the side you hit the nail with and not the side you pulled the nail out with. Or I would have had a big old chunk out of my face. I kept working. My wife and daughters are witnesses. They came home. I have a bloody face, a bloody hand, and a bloody foot. And they said, you got to go to the doctor. And I did have to get seven stitches in this finger. It was almost off the finger. And so, but the thing is, I thank God they came home. Teamwork allowed the dream to continue to work. Because if they wouldn't have came home, I might have died and bled to death because I didn't stop. Amen? And so it, it's amazing how... Sometimes even in those bad situations, there's teamwork. Amen? It's a, it's a beautiful thing to think about what God is doing in this place with all of us and how we're all working together in harmony. But what I was saying about that change thing is, is if you feel like you haven't done what God wants you to do yet, yesterday's over. Can't change the beginning. I know there's people when a message like this is preached, because like, I'm like that, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to see God do more. I want to be more involved. And so sometimes you can kind of feel like, like condemned, like I'm not doing enough. But if you don't feel like you've done anything for the Lord yet, can't change the beginning. But you can start today, and you can what? Fix the ending. Amen? Because let, let me ask you a question. What good does it do if you've done stuff for the Lord and you used to serve the Lord? Let me ask you that question. What, what good does that do? I know people, I know a lot, I used to run into people in Costa Rica all the time, all the time on the streets, visiting people, and I'd run into a drug addict, strung out on crack, living on the streets, and they would tell me, I used to preach the gospel. I'd run into another one. They'd say, I used to be faithful to church. Yeah, I want you to tell me what used to means. What good is that? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Anything you used to do doesn't matter. How many know we need to be saying, I am, I didn't, ser I, I don't want to say I served God. 
I serve the Lord. I want to say I'm serving the Lord. How many want to put an ING on your servanthood? Amen? That I am serving the Lord. And maybe you say, I haven't served the Lord. But you can start today and you can fix your ending. Amen? We have in the service with us um, Kirk's parents. They've been in the church for how many years? 37 years in the same church, in our home church in Colorado Springs. That's a long time. That's longer than a lot of you have been alive. 37 years in the same church. That's teamwork. Amen? And they're, they're a part. We honor them this morning because they're a part of why we're able to do what we do. Because they stayed in that church like you're staying this morning. They're faithful. Some of you in this place might never have your name on a plaque. You might not ever get a big old pat on the back or a huge congratulations. But you're the reason we're here. Because you come every service. I was telling that to Jimmy. It's amazing. I just had this thought. It's amazing that these people choose to get out of their busy schedules and come to service over and over again, faithfully. Some of you guys don't ever miss. I mean, you got to be dying sick to miss because you're so faithful to God. You're so faithful to the house. And, I'm, and I honor you this morning, and I thank you this morning for all that you do so that Carla and I, can someday hear the words of God say, enter in good and faithful servant for what he's called us to do. You know, everybody doesn't have the same position. Everybody doesn't have the same, same place in the walk, but we all have the same call. And that's to get people saved. That's for people to know Jesus. Amen. That's for people to come to the knowledge of who Jesus is in their lives, to have salvation, to have that, that cross placed before them and be saved. But none of this could happen if it wasn't a team. Amen? A team working together this morning. And Jesus showed that one more time in the scriptures, in this verse. He says in Luke 22, 7, he says, The day came of unleavened bread and the Passover, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John. Watch this. He sent Peter and John and said, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. And watch what they did. Jesus, we're busy. Jesus, we got something else going on right now. Can you ask somebody else? It's not what they said. They said, where do you want us to prepare? They were willing. He said, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Sin is a little bit crazy. He didn't even give specifics of, I mean, there could have been a lot of people carrying pitchers, but then I thought about this in the first service. He said, a man. And back in that time, men didn't do anything. Women did everything. Women were the ones carrying the water. So it was easy to pick that man out. He said, go get that man who's carrying the water. And he says, then you shall say to the master of the house, teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room. Watch this. He says, there. He says, make it ready. Make it ready. So they went and they found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. That's teamwork. Jesus delegated to them, hey, go, go prepare the, the, the upper room. We're going to have Passover. He's going to do the big job. How I many know Jesus was asking them to go prepare the room? He's the one who's going to have to die. So everybody's got a part of the team. Sometimes the ones that are delegating are delegating the smaller things that need to be done so the big thing can be done. But they, but they didn't say, hey, Jesus, we're busy. We, we, we don't have time. They said, yes, sir, what do you want us to do? And they went, and they prepared that place. And they ate the Passover. 
We're going to have communion in a few minutes. And this was a lead into that. They, they had that Passover. They had that time together. But it was a team. Don't you think Jesus, at that Passover, at that time of the Last Supper, don't you think he sat there and said, guys, thank you. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you for standing with me. Thank you for being a part of the team because we're going to change the world. We're going to change the whole world in a few weeks, he says. And, and, I, and I thank God that you're on my team. And how many know they're thankful today that they were on the team? How many know when we get up to heaven, we're going to be thankful we were on the team? Last verse, 1 Corinthians 15. Look at this. That's why we're in the now. We're not in the past. The past is over. But what are we going to do going forward? How many would raise their hand and say, I can do more for Jesus? I can do more. I, I'm saying it. I can do more. I can do more. There's lots more I can do for the Lord. I'm, I'm not satisfied. Paul said this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Every dime you've ever gave to the Lord is not in vain. Every time you've ever come to a work day, it's not in vain. Every time you've ever come just to be a part of a service is not in vain. As we close right now, I want to tell you something, and I mean this. I'm obviously, I, would, I want every single one of you, short of nobody, to do something for God. I want every single one of you to be serving some capacity. And that's not my will, that's God's will. That's why, you know, we have a blessing to have two services. Because you can, if you're on a ministry team, you can come to one service and you can receive and you can come to the other service, and you can serve. It's a blessing to have these two services. And we try our best to make sure all of our workers are in one service to serve, and then they're in the other service to receive. There's certain days like today where there's people sick, there's people out of town, we have to cover Sunday school classes or different things, but that's the idea, that you'd come and serve, and then you'd come and receive. I want every one of you to be involved, because you've got talents that we need. You've got talents that God needs in this, in this place. There's something that you're not doing that the church needs. So we can continue to build the kingdom of God and build the church. But on that, on that same thought, if you never did anything, I want you to know this. The church service is not the same if you're not here. It's not the same. If you're not here, we miss you. I, I try to do a good job, even as we've grown, of telling people if I see them not there, I, I text them and say, hey, we missed you. It's not a con. I didn't say, hey, where were you? I said, hey, we missed you. Because I mean that. A service is not this. I can think of tons of people right now I don't see. People, faces come to my mind right now. Because that's the job of a pastor. Amen? That's the job of the pastor. Know where his flock's at. And some I know where they're at. Some I know they're sick. Some just aren't here. But when, when you're not here... The service is not the same. And when you're here, it's better. Amen. So I congratulate you and I thank you and I encourage you to continue to do stuff for the Lord. Because I promise you, we're going to pray right now, I promise you this. One day, you will come up to me in heaven and thank me for pushing you to do more for God. Because you're going to get a reward for it. And it's going to be an eternal reward. I'm going to thank a lot of people who pushed me to do more for God because that reward is going to be worth it. Going back to that same verse, he said, don't grow weary and well-doing, because if you don't, don't stop and don't give up, in the end, you will reap a harvest. Father, thank you for your word this morning. 
Father, thank you for giving strength to your people this morning. Lord, I know there's a lot of tired people here. Lord, I know there's, there's people that are going through things. But I pray and I ask that my, my words were your words. And I pray that there, there's an encouragement here this morning. I pray that people are, are knowing this morning that they're appreciated and that they're, they're part of a team that's making a difference, Father, in Denton, Texas, and Carrollton, Texas, and Africa, and Kenya, and Cuba, and Mexico, and Costa Rica, and Russia, and all around the world we have churches because we're a part of a team. And there's so much we're able to do today, though we cannot do by ourselves. Some of us would never be able to be a part of a work in Africa if it wasn't for this team. A part of the work in Costa Rica, a part of the work in, in England or Czech Republic or Slovakia, Father. But Lord, we're part of something great this morning. And the greatest part is the kingdom of God, the one you came to die for. If you're here this morning as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. I want you to listen closely to me. If you're not saved this morning and you don't have a relationship with Christ and your name is not in the Lamb's book of life, any good work you have done or do is in vain. I don't say that mean. It's truthful. Because the only way your works are noticed is if you know Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says our works without Christ are like filthy rags. So today... You may be a good person. You may do good things. You may be generous. You may serve other people, and that is awesome. But if you don't know Jesus, he doesn't know you. And that's all that matters. How many would say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus today, and I want to know him. Just put your hand up and say, would you pray for me? I'm not saved. I want to be born again. I want to have my name in the Lamb's book of life. I want to know that I, that I can spend eternity with him. I want, I want what I do on this earth good to mean something. If that's you, just say, that's me. All over this place. Maybe you're running from the Lord this morning. If you're saved in here and your name's in the Lamb Book of Life, maybe you're running from your call. Listen, I can stand up here as a pastor and tell you that I don't do everything God t wants me to do. I know I fall short. I got to do more. I got to do more. Because <clears throat> time is short. I don't know how much longer we'll be on this earth. I don't know how many more days I have. i got to work while it's still day. Amen. But you are important this morning. And I want to ask you this morning, if you would, and we're, we're closing up to stand. And I want to give a little challenge. I don't do this all the time. But I'm going to be the first one to step forward. Because I, I love this quote. You can't go back and change the beginning. But you can start where you are and change the ending. You might have came in here this morning with all kinds of excuses. All kinds of but, or what if, or I can't. But God says, I don't, I don't need those excuses. I just need availability. We talked a few weeks ago about that message about being disqualified. How many know we're, God qualifies us? He calls us, then he qualifies us. Not the other way around. He's not calling qualified people this morning. So I want to go on record and say, God, I want to do more. So I'm here. I'm, I've, already, I've already stepped forward. But if you're here and you want to make a statement to the devil and God, I want to do more. From the rest of this year, I'm going to give more, love more, serve more, pray more, be more faithful. I want you to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. I want to pray over you.
I want to pray a blessing over you. I want to pray over your uh, situation. Amen. Don't wait for somebody else. Don't look around. Don't wait and see if someone else. I'm talking to people that want to come this morning. If you don't want to come, stay there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm good with that. But I've already stepped forward. I, how, how could I possibly tell God I've already done too much? How many know we'll never, ever be able to do enough to line up for what Jesus has done for us? I'm indebted to him forever, but I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. Can you do more? Can I do more? Yes. All we got to do is say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm available. But I want you to come up because I want to thank you again. I want to thank you again for serving. All the little things you do. And like I said, sometimes it's just showing up. Just showing up. Just being here. Just your presence. You know, you might sit at home one morning and the devil says, don't go to church today. They don't need you. You don't do nothing. That's a lie from the devil. We need you. Your presence is important. You're important. Man, I don't do that much. What you do matters. What you do is important. But I believe that God wants to to do more in us. I believe that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God wants them to flow more through us. He wants us to be used more. And remember, it's not in here, it's outside. But this is the team that God has put together. This is, the, this is the team that God has placed here. And you choose to be a part of this. And I thank God for that. Because this is a great team. I can tell you that in all the, the 11 years almost that we've been in church, this is the best team we've ever had. This is the most unified team we've ever had. The spirit to serve is so amazing. I mean, it looked like ants running around yesterday. People just showed up organized like crazy people just putting things in order and getting ready for this rally coming in and and just trying to make this church the most beautiful church it can be the most pleasant place for you to come to but I want to thank you for choosing this place and I want you to know personally for me that you mean something to me and you mean something to my family and you mean something to God and and when you're not here it's not the same and I mean that amen would you lift your hands I want to pray a blessing over all of you father I pray right now for every person that came forward because this is your heart. Lord, you said that we, we're called to serve. You said, I'm, being Jesus, I have come to this earth not to be served, but to serve. Father, I pray this morning over every man, every woman, every teenager that, Lord, you would open up doors for them, that you'd give them a new boldness, that you'd give them favor. Lord, that you'd, that you'd show them more things that they can do, more things that they, ways they can serve, more ways they can be faithful, so that, Lord, one day we can get a crown. We can receive a crown that's imperishable, that's, that's not able to be destroyed, that's, that's worth something, God. Lord, I pray over this church this morning, and I thank you for allowing me to be a part of this team. As we see the dream come to pass, God, of reaching people. Lord, if we're in this place this morning and one person got saved in 11 years, it would be worth everything we've done. One person, one soul. But Lord, we know that you're doing more than that. You're doing a great work here. And we thank you not only for what you have done, but what you are going to do, Father. We thank you, Father, for the power of unity this morning. And Lord, I pray that I have allowed these people to know this morning from my mouth how thankful I am for them and everything that they do for the kingdom of God, that they have chosen to be a part of this team, Father. And we pray that we would be the best team we could possibly be this morning, Father. And I thank you for the the blessings. I thank you for the provision. I thank you for good health. 
so that we can serve you in good health. I thank you for finances so that we can be generous and we can help others. I thank you, Lord, that you'd open doors. I thank you, Lord, for jobs and promotions. I thank you for talents and gifts being used in this place, Father, so that people would know who you are. I just pray that burdens would be lifted this morning off of people who are, who are maybe going through such things that they just are fogged in their mind. They can't seem to get anything done for you. I just pray for them. I pray for those that aren't here today by, because of work or because of sickness or because of travel. Lord, every single person that's on this team is important from the least to the greatest. And Lord, you're the greatest. You're the king and you're the master and you're the one we serve this morning. We thank you for the privilege to serve you, the honor to serve you, Lord, because it is the greatest position in the world. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand and also yourselves a hand this morning? Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.